welcome to Nothing to Say, the Fans Podcast, episode 121. The Super Bowl is over. The Rams played the Bengals. The Bengals lost. Rams win. <laughs> so, we'll uh, we'll talk about the game. We'll talk about some NBA news. Obviously, the NFL season is over, so we got to shift into basketball. At least this show has to shift more into basketball. I'd like to say we could talk about baseball, but I don't think there's really anything to talk about <laughs> at this moment in time. Um, and then we've got some Marvel news that um, we were gifted during the Super Bowl. A lot of fun stuff to talk about. So going to be all over the place today. But we'll start with the Super Bowl. Sam, Rams, obviously we all know 23-20 to 20 over the Bengals. It was an interesting game from start to finish. I mean, it felt... I mean, this kind of played like all of the other Bengals games. You know, the other team jumps out, takes advantage of the Bengals, and then all of a sudden, here come the Bengals, and then they storm back and they win the game. And then, obviously, that didn't end up happening, but that narrative felt the same for most of the game right at, right up until the very end. So your thoughts about the game, your thoughts about Stafford, Burrow, the Bengals, the Rams, all that stuff, OBJ, everything. Yeah, I think all the storylines that we talked about with Keegan in uh, last week's episode all played a big hand. I mean, the big thing of Matthew Stafford rising up to win and like carry this team into a Super Bowl win, that was evident. And then if Matthew Stafford might even lose the game for this team with how many picks he's prone to throw, that's that was a big part of this game. And Joe Burrow and his ability to rise above his really poor offensive line play and try to find a way to win. He almost found a way to do it in this game against a really vaunted passing attack that or pass rushing attack that um, the Rams defense posed with Donald Miller, Floyd, all the above. And then how does the, how do the Rams cope with the big play offense that the Bengals have shown all throughout the season, pretty much, and especially through the playoffs? Though all those things played a huge part in this game, and I think they really lended themselves to making this game super interesting. Yeah, so you talked about the Bengals' offensive line; they gave up seven sacks, and you mentioned Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, two sacks, Aaron Donald, two sacks, Leonard Floyd, one sack. There you go. They all got in the backfield against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. You know, I Matthew Stafford in the first half came out and was just nails. He was so good throughout that first half. And I think his second interception, I don't want to say that that's solely his fault because it did kind of bounce off the receiver's hands. Mm-hmm. Um I, who came in for it was uh, I think it was Skronik. yeah I think it was Skronik, yeah um, I think it bounced off his hands but it was a little low if I'm remembering mm-hmm. correctly so I I put that like 50 50 on on mm-hmm. both of them so did, but I'm did not gonna ball, say that that one was solely his fault that ball didn't deserve to be intercepted like it should have been an incomplete pass it just yeah. happened to bounce off his wide receiver's hand right into a very opportunistic Bengals defense that we've seen all year pretty much that they their their ability to turn over teams off of tipped balls is pretty unheard of i think yeah that was that was just a great that was a great play by the db and i think the one that he threw 
it was I think it was in that first half that deep deep mm-hmm. ball to the kind of the left corner of the end zone that one was on him that was underthrown um but other I mean I know it's hard to say you know other than the two interceptions but I mean you go to that final drive of the game I mean it was him and Cooper Cup who just willed them down the field and I know the play that's going around on the internet that no look pass that he had on the final drive of the game that was I mean he's been doing that for a long time (laughs) if you if you know anything about Stafford he's been doing that for a long time um I mean, when it came, when it mattered most, that was the question about Stafford when, you know, they moved him to Los Angeles was, could he win the big game? Could, could he come up in pressure situations? And I mean, there was no bigger, there's no bigger pressure situation than needing to drive your team down the field when your second best wide receiver has gotten injured and the defense is just solely now focusing on your number one guy. And you haven't pretty much gotten anything going in the second half because they had only scored three points up until that point. And it just leads him right down the field and they win the Super Bowl. And it was, I guess, the question that I have for you, I mean, because it ended up being a game where there was drama at the end. But in terms of the overall game, like, did you enjoy the game? Did you have fun watching this game? Did you think it was a good Super Bowl? Um, I think I'd compare it to, I'd liken it to a movie that's got a great opening, like a great opening scene, maybe opening 15 minutes, and then has an amazing surprise at the end. But in that middle, it's you're sort of sitting there like, is something going to happen here? Like there is times in that game where both these teams were just punting the ball back and forth to each other. I mean, I can appreciate great defensive play and these both these teams were in the Super Bowl for obvious reasons. Like both these teams are complete. But once OBJ was knocked out of the game, it just seemed like the Rams offense stalled. And they really, if as if they couldn't get it to Cooper Cup, then they weren't going to get a first down because they didn't have any running game whatsoever. And the Bengals' inability to protect Burrow really stalled so many drives for them. I mean, it was just back and forth, just no offense whatsoever really towards the middle part of this game. I think, I think the Bengals would have won that game for sure. If they had scored a touchdown after that, that second interception from Stafford. I mean, you just had the big play down the field, which granted should have been called back because Higgins did just rip Ramsey's face mask. Um, that was a missed call, but, and then to turn around and get the interception, you got to put the ball in the end zone. They put the ball in the end zone there. I think they win that game. I think we're talking about the Bengals being the Super Bowl champions because I mean, like we mentioned the Rams had, I mean, you're right. They could not run the ball at all, at all. I don't, I, I think it was clear that Cincinnati was like, we're going to ask Matthew Stafford to beat us and not in the typical way like we're not going to allow them to do the play action stuff that they want to run we're just going to have him sit back in the pocket and say i dare you to beat us and it worked right into their hands unfortunately when obj went down that game that game it's funny because there are two different there are two different um scenarios in which i could see this game not being close 
if OBJ stays in, I think the Rams run away with that game. And I don't mm-hmm. think it's close. And if the Bengals score after that interception, I think they run away with the game. So very interesting. I mean, interesting things happen during this game. Um, but I agree with you in the sense that I think for the most part, like I would get like by degraded. I'd say it was like a B Super Bowl. Like it, it had some exciting plays. It had some drama. Um, certainly started out kind of fun, rolled in the middle a little bit. And then, yeah, there was a good – you shouldn't judge whether or not it's a good game or not if there's drama at the end. I mean, there's stuff that leads up to all of that. And what led up to it was, it was just all right. Um, yeah. I actually think that the other six games that preceded it were all a little bit more entertaining. Um, But again, I mean, I mean, it does come down to pretty much the last play of the game, which I guess is all you could ask. I mean, it's it's definitely different how we get there. Like I, the I think the all time worst, at least in this century, is that Rams Patriots Super Bowl where (laughs) nothing happened in that game. I mean, it was a one possession game, so I guess that's cool that it was that tight, but like. If you're sitting there for close to like four hours and nothing, there's only one touchdown scored. And I think it was like a rushing, like a one yard rushing touchdown in that game. And that was like the only thing that happened in that game. Then I guess it's kind of, it's kind of a waste of time. I wouldn't liken that this game to that. Um, I just, just like you, I mean, if that T Higgins play doesn't, if that's not called, called back, I don't know if the Bengals end up scoring a lot in that second half like yeah. that that play almost was a gift for that team where it just flipped the switch because it felt like a lot of momentum was in LA's hands because of how well their defense was playing and you just felt like the Rams could score one more with that cup and Stafford connection um, which really well, would have put a lot of pressure on the Bengals well think about it I mean they scored that touchdown right at the beginning and then they got that turnover which led to a field goal and those were their only points in the second half, right? Literally right at the beginning. And they were, they were skunked the rest of the way. Um, And I don't, I don't put that necessarily on Joe Burrow either. I don't know why. I don't know why they didn't decide to run it more with Joe Mixon. I mean, he had 15 carries for 72 yards. He was averaging almost five yards a carry. I don't know why they didn't run with him more. Um, And Burrow, to his credit, was 22 for 33, 263, and had one touchdown, no interceptions, and he was sacked seven times, and he got hurt, too. I mean, you saw him go down, and he was just grabbing onto his knee, mm-hmm. and you, I mean, they showed the replay. It was a nice camera shot, actually, from the cameraman being able to capture his face. He was he was screaming. He was in pain. It was, like, um, instant. Mm-hmm. Um, so that QBs, was... Both QBs got pretty much hurt in this game and yeah, Stafford hopefully. immediately came back but Burroughs was because he got his like his foot trapped under yeah and his um, knee sort of bent all yeah it was it was bad they both looked bad I mean Stafford's foot I mean just kind of just totally twisted up under somebody's uh I think back and yeah Burrow just got squished it was uh, I don't know about you, but when it comes to injuries, like knee injuries are the ones that I do not want to watch. <laughs> no, especially when they replay that it's like slow mo and you get that yeah. clear that clear view of it. That's just it's just gross. 
like, like ankles, I'm okay watching. And I think maybe it's because, I mean, if you play basketball long enough, you step on people's ankles all the time. So you watch your foot, you feel it. So I, I feel like, at least for me, that's how I look at the ankle stuff. Just kind of go, oh, yeah, I've been there, seen that. But the knee stuff, oh, God, no, 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 no. I'd rather watch arm and elbow stuff than the knee. Not anything but the knee. I don't want to see joints bend in the wrong way. That's not <laughs> – that's no fun. No, 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 no. Um, so, I mean, overall fun. I mean, it, it, it was an overall fun Super Bowl. Um, had some had some points where, yeah, sure, maybe the action of the game wasn't as exciting. But, I mean, 23 to 20, you have Los Angeles Rams as the away team winning in their home stadium. That's an interesting sentence. Um, but I think the Rams go into – as long as they bring back everybody, I think they go into next season maybe potentially being the favorites. Um, I think where Aaron Rodgers ends up is going to depend a lot on that because, I mean, if he did go to San Francisco, then I think that changes things. Um, maybe, I mean, if he went to Denver, that might change things too. I don't know as much as it pains me to say that. Um, Russell Wilson, depending on where he goes, if he does leave, I mean, if he went to Pittsburgh, I mean, mm. who knows, maybe you look at Pittsburgh as being a favorite. So, but with Brady now being gone, I mean, the NFC is, it's wide open for the Rams to run it right back. Yeah, if they can get past the Niners, that is. It's the only thing. <laughs> it's the only thing. It's the only, so, I mean, I, okay, we'll save that conversation for another time because I think well, it really is interesting to see what teams really are going to challenge the Rams next year in the NFC because it's not like – it's nowhere near what the AFC is right now. Well, you got you got Rodgers maybe leaving, Russell maybe leaving. We, just, we have already seen Tom leave. Kyler might be gone too mm-hmm. if they end up – if that – relationship like deteriorates so yeah, much to where I don't know he had, he's forced to move i mean we may be looking at like cardinals packers buccaneers all teams that made the playoffs this year not have an established quarterback and are out i mean hell even the 49ers i mean think about it <laughs> there's gonna I mean, be some growing pains with trey lance there has to be i mean unless yeah. he unless he like jumps so much like a Herbert or Burrow did to where they just looked completely comfortable in the NFL. I mean, I don't see that, but like it could happen. Yeah. I mean, so think about it. If, if, if all of that happens and it's not like the things that we're suggesting are so far out of the realm of possibilities, all of those things that we mentioned are very realistic in terms of what could happen. So if all of those dominoes do fall in place, the Rams have a clear, clear path to run it right back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, what are they? What are we looking at? Dallas as a team that could Dallas. I don't trust Dallas. No I don't way in the playoffs. I mean, I would. I would like to say the Niners match up well, but we don't know what Trey Lance looks like. I mean, Minnesota, I guess Philadelphia. That's what. I, that's what I was going to say. I was going <laughs> to say Minnesota is now who I'm thinking of. Um, like I'm the trying other... to go through the list, depending on maybe who New Orleans gets. I don't know. It's just tough because you automatically assume that Seattle, Green Bay, and Arizona, they don't want to trade those quarterbacks with no. the NFC. Like, they would want to send, send them, them to the AFC. The... So, 
just run with me down this rabbit hole real quick. If right. Rogers, so so if if all three of those guys go go, I think Tom would come out of retirement and come back to Tampa Bay. If he <laughs> just, if he really saw that, he was like, oh, this is the easiest run I'm gonna have. All I have to do is run it back. Is hope that the Rams misstep and I don't have to face them, and I could play Philadelphia in the AFC Championship game, and <laughs> crush them, like or the NFC Championship game. I think I honestly think that would happen. Well, think about it this way. If let's let's just go down this rabbit hole and obviously a lot of stuff would have to happen. Let's say Rodgers does go to Denver. Mm-hmm. And I've heard Russell to Pittsburgh, but I know that that's not a too, super tight um connection, I guess. I've also heard Jimmy G to Cleveland in terms of going to a run-centric team. So think about it this way. If all of that ends up happening, right? Then what you have in the AFC is Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jimmy Garoppolo, Aaron Rodgers, Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Holmes, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, um, Russell Wilson, and hell, even Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. You have all of those quarterbacks in the AFC. And I didn't even mention Mac Jones and Tua, who played well this year. Well, and um, Watson, if he ever. If he gets and, back to if he gets Watson. to Miami, I mean that's a that's a powerhouse right there. If Watson finds himself in Miami, mm-hmm. so the AFC would just be, and who knows where Kyler would go? <laughs> if I mean, if Kyler does end up getting, because you'd think that they wouldn't want him in the NFC, mm-hmm. so maybe they send him to Indianapolis because <laughs> Carson Wentz there is expected to get traded, so. I mean, I think Jimmy is super interesting where he can land up, where he can land because his contract is super affordable and he's got a low floor. Like everyone knows what his floor is. And I think he gives you something like he could, I could totally see him in Houston or say in a, I don't know, backing up in New York for the Jets. I could see him in New Orleans. If New Orleans can't land a good uh, big-time quarterback, I could see him in New Orleans and just saying, okay, Kamara is going to be the centerpiece of our offense. Our defense is really good. Jimmy, just don't turn the ball over, and let's run. (laughs) I wonder Um, if you you wait to make that deal after Rodgers, Wilson, and Murray, and Deshaun are pretty much all sorted. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, this is the best piece that's available right now. Well, I think what you get with Garoppolo is consistent quarterback play who would need a good team around him. If you want to make a deep run, you do need to help him a little bit. Um, But you would at least have a quarterback who you know is going to be giving you probably 250 a game. He does have a little bit of a turnover problem. Um, But for the most part, is a pretty smart quarterback. Well, you think about it. I mean, pretty much every team in the NFC – Bar the Rams and I think the Niners are off on Chicago, um, Minnesota. Like all these teams, I don't think are looking for quarterbacks. But pretty much every other team is in the quarterback market. Yeah, like you got your Carolinas, New Orleans, pretty much the whole AFC South except for Atlanta is looking for a quarterback right now. I mean. It's going to be so, so nuts. Like maybe Packer, the Packers don't even have a choice in who, they, who they're who they able to send Rodgers to. 
Maybe it has to be an AFC te- NFC team. Who knows? Who knows? But we are going to have to close the door on the NFL season for this year, but we'll still end up talking about the NFL going forward because there's going to be a lot to talk about in terms of where people move, who doesn't move, and just a bunch of good stuff coming from the NFL eventually. But we do have to turn to the sport that is actually being played at the moment, and that is the NBA. So we're obviously going to be shifting our focus. We'll be much more dialed in on the NBA going forward, uh, at least for this show, just to make sure that we're giving you guys good information (laughs) or as good of information as we can. So, you know what? Let's, uh, Let's hold the intro for Keeping Up with the Kings. When, with the Kings, you know, we want to talk about the NBA as a whole, but the Kings actually did just have a pretty big trade, and that's going to lead us into more trade talk around the NBA. But we'll start with the Kings. A lot of people have strong opinions of this Kings trade. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, So we'll start with this trade just because it's close to home for us. Um, It's our favorite team, and then we'll sort of migrate out to the other trades in the NBA. So with the Kings. We obviously know that they got rid of Marvin Bagley, which I don't think for the most part was something that people were too mad about. I I certainly wasn't mad about. I think if you're a Kings fan, you were okay to see Marvin go. I know some people really didn't like him um, and just want to see him fail. I don't think I'm, – I'm not on that train. I hope he plays well, but I hope he doesn't play well enough that makes the Kings look horrible. <laughs> um, but hopefully he's happy somewhere else because um, he didn't well, do much for us. We're, we're so – having lived in Sacramento, I think we're a lot closer to the situation than a lot of other people are. Like if Marvin goes and becomes an all-star in Detroit – I don't think that's really a reflection on the Kings because I think that's more of a reflection on what Marvin was in Sacramento. Like it was mostly him, right? I think the Kings gave him every chance to be great in Sacramento. And I think it was more of a reflection on him as a player in, in that time. And then if he improves, that's awesome. And then I think getting DiVincenzo, who the Kings have been trying to get DiVincenzo for about two years now since the yeah. Bogdan Bogdanovich trade. So it's kind of, it was kind of funny when I saw that DiVincenzo is heading towards the Kings. I was like, holy cow, this is Monty McNair's probably favorite player in the NBA. If he's <laughs> trying to get DiVincenzo again. Yeah. Um, so they ended up getting DiVincenzo, Josh Jackson, and Trey Lyles. Um, but before that, on February 8th, they did a deal with the Pacers. So they sent Tristan Thompson, Buddy Heald, and Tyrese Halliburton to the Pacers. And in return, they get Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and the big one is Mr. Sabonis. So I initially, I remember when I saw this trade and I sent you and Ben a text because I I wanted to know what your guys' opinion was. I was at work and my dad texted me. He said, big trade for the Kings. And I went, I didn't even know we were in the trade market, so so I pulled it up, and my initial reaction to the trade was, sweet, I'm so happy that we got Sabonis, because if you do know the NBA, you know that Sabonis is a phenomenal player, he's an absolute 
all-star in every sense of the word. And if you're a Kings fan, you know that it fits right into what the Kings absolutely needed. They needed a guy like Sabonis. They needed a good, dominant big, especially one who is a very good passer. He's an extremely good passer, and it just helps with everybody on the team. Just When you have a big guy like that, I mean, you look at, you look at Denver and you look at Jokic. When you have a big guy like that who can sit sort of at the top of the key and dish to everybody, it just opens up the offense so much more. So to have that is such a versatile thing. The problem was, and this is where people really got pissed off, was the fact that we had to get rid of Tyrese Halliburton in order to get this done. So I initially sat back and I said, okay, we had Halliburton, Fox, and Mitchell. I think initially my thought process was I would have wanted to hold on to Halliburton and I would have been okay letting go of Fox, but it if we were going to have to get rid of either one of them, which I think we were going to regardless, it would have had to been either one of them. Um, I think at the end of the day, it would have been sour both ways to let either one of them go. So I think Halliburton was more of a fan favorite than Fox, but as of right now, Fox is probably the better player. Who knows if Halliburton is going to end up being the better player, but it would have been sour either way. So, I do think coming out of the trade, the Kings actually won that trade because they got, I think they got exactly what they needed from that trade and more with how good Sabonis actually is. Yeah. I think it's tough to judge it on, on those stands because the, I think another big piece of this trade was the fact that they finally got rid of Buddy Heald too, who was slowly getting worse and his contract was such a big hit and like, capped so much of the financials for the Kings that they just could not get rid of him. I think that's why Halliburton was so instrumental in that trade to where they needed to give up something huge to really offset the like detraction of Buddy Heald included. Right. And I think, I think this, this trade really boils down to Fox versus Halliburton for me. And I honestly thought of it a, a different way than I think a lot of people did because I think this was such a huge step in repairing the reputation of the Kings as they're standing by Fox, who is who has been the face of this franchise for like four seasons now. And I think it's really huge for this franchise because they haven't, since they traded away DeMarcus, who was the big face of the franchise, I think this team hasn't really been, this franchise hasn't been looked at as a destination for stars to go and be like almost treated as stars. And I think the fact that if De'Aaron would have been, would have been traded, I think that 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 would have been just a huge, like almost uh, a huge error on the franchise's part of like, you're giving up on this guy after you just gave him the keys to the castle type of thing. And like you've given him this huge contract and you've given him, you're trying to build this team around him and then you trade him pretty much within like the first six years. I think that would have been a huge, like almost concession of like failure that this was such like, we're not moving forward pretty much. I think dealing Halliburton in the same way as he's only been here for two seasons now, I think is it's a tough pill to swallow, but also I do believe that De'Aaron is the better player, and I think he he can still be the better player. 
finale. Yeah, yeah. As of right now, for sure. Um, I mean, Halley's going to be great wherever he goes. He just has that personality. He has that work ethic. He has that basketball IQ. He has all those things. He has the physical talents to be great um, in the NBA. I just feel like Fox has that, I don't know, leadership personality. We haven't seen a lot this year, but he has that ability to really take over. I think he's starting to play a lot better with Sabonis. We've seen them at least the three games. They lost against Brooklyn yesterday against like when Kyrie wasn't yeah, even no, playing, man. Katie wasn't playing, Simmons was playing. Like they lost to that team. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> but so far, I mean, the fit with Sabonis has looked really good, and I think this trade makes the Kings better right now. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, <clears throat> I was, I was surprised at how much negative reaction came from the trade. It seemed like every single person, at least whose comment I was reading on the Kings page, was just furious about losing Halliburton. But, you know, three a day later when Sabonis comes out, has a double-double, and they beat Minnesota, that everybody was like, oh, maybe this didn't – maybe it wasn't all that bad. I think when you're looking at the current construction of the Kings, it works better to have Sabonis there. So not too mad about it right now. So we'll obviously see – where it ends up taking them, <clears throat> I don't know if this season is going to be the parameter on which this trade is going to be judged by. I think they're going to take the rest of this season to keep working together, keep learning how to play together, and then you roll in next season. And they kept Harrison Barnes, mm-hmm. too, which didn't seem like that was going to be a thing, but they kept Harrison Barnes, so that's they had They had to. He's the only, yeah. only guy that can shoot threes on the team. Yeah, so they roll into next season with Fox, Mitchell, Barnes, Sabonis, and I guess Metu, <laughs> uh, <laughs> who who is playing well. Like he has yeah. he has he has become a really solid player for them. And then you see where it goes. I mean, I'm not saying that they could make any sort of deep run, but I think if they learn how to play together with that lineup, I think you, I think they could realistically get into the play-in tournament and maybe squeak in. So. Oh, next year. Yeah. Yeah, I think that we're like we we're looking at two teams that were in pretty much identical spots in the Pacers and um, the Kings. It just so happens that I, I don't know. I think the the negative perception with the Kings comes from how positively liked Tyrese was around the league. I think that's the biggest thing. I don't think there was any, like, objectivity of, like, based off of how they were as players and, like, how that would impact both franchises. I think it's great for Indiana that they get Tyrese and they can build around him with um, Brogdon and try to build another contender in the the East. Um, But I think that it just came down to the Kings are easy to hate on, and Tyrese is so loved by a bunch of people. I mean, I totally get it. Tyrese is awesome with all the interviews that he's done. On uh, uh, He's huge on the JJ Reddick podcast. He's on there so much, and you get so much insight from him and how mature he is for a, what, like a 22-year-old, 23-year-old. And I mean, loved having him in Sacramento, but I also think that kind of blinds that love for Tyrese kind of blinds judging this trade purely from like a basketball standpoint, I think. 
Yeah, so I mean, <clears throat> time will tell where that ends up going. I mean, hopefully, hopefully in the long run, it was the right move for the Kings. At least on my initial assessment, I think it was. So, do you um, think it's well? Do you think it's better? Like, did they have to make a move in your eyes? I mean, I guess yeah, because I mean, it's one of those things where. You have you had a couple of players on your team who you definitely needed to get rid of. You needed to get rid of Buddy. You needed to get rid of Marvin. And I guess, I guess the, I guess I'm struggling with the word "have." Like, did they have to make a move? I, I mean, you never have to make a move, but if you see one out there that can immediately make your team better, then go do it and I think this in my opinion falls in that category I think this immediately makes the Kings better and so by that standard yes they did have to make a move Um, because I really do think having Sabonis here is going to be extremely beneficial for the team Um, so I mean obviously time will tell but at least in my initial assessment as a fan of the team, I was I was all for the trade. Um, <clears throat> that was actually a pretty big trade. A lot of big news doesn't happen for the Kings, but that was actually a big thing. Yeah. We, if we branch out a little bit in the NBA, I'll just run through some of the other trades. C.J. McCollum got dished out of Portland and is now with the Pelicans. So that was a big one. Um, where is the other list? I just want to make sure I have everything. Uh, if you are a fan of the Jazz, you lost Joe Ankles. I apologize. I love Joe Ankles. I think he was a fan favorite in Utah. Joe Ankles is now out to the Blazers as well. So that I don't know. I was <laughs> I love Joe Ankles, so I felt like mentioning that. Um, but there were, I mean, I think we're not going to ignore the biggest trade before I get to that one I do want to mention that Christoph Porzingis I think that was a surprise more than anything I don't know if that was a big trade but that was a surprise I think Christoph Porzingis goes to the Wizards but the big one I mean the big one was James Harden and Paul Millsap they go to the 76ers and the Nets get Ben Simmons and pretty and Steph Curry and Andre Drummond so that was the big trade Harden to Philly, Simmons to Brooklyn. And looking at this trade, both teams instantly better. The makeup of Brooklyn is so much more fluid now that Simmons is there with Katie, Kyrie, and Simmons. I think that three makes so much more logical sense than Katie Harden and Kyrie just because of the way Simmons plays. Obviously, he doesn't have to be ball dominant. He's a great defender. Brooklyn is one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Simmons is a fantastic on-ball defender. I mean, he can guard one through four, just like KD. So KD doesn't have to expend as much effort on defense. You know, you can just say, instead of KD guarding the best player, just go, Simmons, you follow him. KD, you guard the second best player. Mm -hmm. And then... And then when he gets on offense, have him bring the ball down the court and create for Kyrie and KD. I think that makes much more sense. And then James Harden and Joel Embiid, they just work pick and roll all day. Joel Embiid might be the most dominant player in the league at the moment. And James Harden, as long as he plays his game, 
I think both of these teams, you know, you look at you look at trades by who won and who lost. I think they both won in this instance. Right, and then Boston or uh, Brooklyn also gets Seth Curry in the deal, and they get um, Andre Drummond in the deal, which I think is huge. Drummond allows them to match up a little better with a Philly, in that they can put Drummond to slow down a little bit of Joel Embiid and doesn't allow KD to guard at the five. Um, I think the versatility that Ben Simmons adds is so huge on the defensive end because you have a defensive liability in Kyrie Irving. So now you can put Simmons on just so the top, the top six right now in the East is Miami, Chicago, Cleveland, Philly, Milwaukee, and Boston. Simmons now allows you to play Miami really well because he can guard Jimmy Butler, right? He can match up super well on the defensive end against Jimmy Butler. Chicago, he can play DeMar DeRozan so well. He can play Zach Levine so well on possessions. Like that allows you to match up really well defensively with that team. Cleveland, led by um, Garland, he can play Garland really well. And then you have uh, Philly, obviously, we've, we've talked about. I mean, he can play Harden now. He can tr- try to play a little bit on um, Embiid a little bit if you want to go down that matchup. Milwaukee, I think KD matches up. I think he, he's usually the one that guards um, guards uh, Greek Freak. I totally brought his name for a little bit. Uh, but I think Giannis. Simmons – yeah, Giannis – uh, but Simmons, I think, can take turns now on him and then allow KD to focus on the offensive end. I think, and then Boston, he can guard up on Tatum and Brown. I think that just put allowing them to match up with other teams within the East, this move was so huge for them. And they get Curry, Seth Curry, who's a great role player who can eat, slot in to the starting lineup too. And like I said, Drummond, who gives them a lot more depth. So I think they with giving away a player that didn't want to be there was able to immediately make them, I think the front runner in the East for sure. And they get to keep Kyrie and then hopefully Katie comes back healthy. Mm -hmm. I guess the question is, do we think any of these teams can beat Phoenix or golden state? (laughs) Because Phoenix just looks like they're in Phoenix looks like they're on an absolute tear heading straight to the finals. (laughs) They are just, they are such a well, let's just, I'm just going to go through their most recent game against the Magic. And I know the Magic aren't a very good team, but I can pull up another game where this, where the thing that I'm about to read you was, but let's do the Bucks. Let's do the Bucks. They played, they played the Bucks. They have, this was the game that they played um, on February 10th. So that would have been a Thursday. (laughs) If we go down their roster, they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players in double-digit points. Mm-hmm. So when you have a team who has multiple people who can score that efficiently, and I like I was gonna give you the same stat, same thing against the Magic. If we go down their roster, they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players in double digits, and they had another player with eight points Jeez. as well. So Phoenix right now, I mean, I know that the Warriors are getting, they are getting healthy because mm-hmm. Clay's still getting acclimated. I believe Draymond is still out yeah. as of right now. So once they get all back together, I mean, those th- three guys get back together, they won 
play championship together, so you obviously can't discount them. But Phoenix right now just looks like they are just on a blitz brigade heading straight for the NBA championship. I mean, do we do we think anybody in the East is good enough to beat Phoenix at the moment? Anyone in the East? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Milwaukee coming off of last season when they beat them, I think they still match up really well against uh, Phoenix and can go blow a blow with them. And I think Brooklyn now, for sure, if you got Kevin Durant on one side with how well he played in the playoffs last season, and now you're adding a little more depth to that team to where he does he doesn't have to carry that team in the playoffs. If you get something from Kyrie, something like 20 points a game, I think that team is super scary. And they can they just might have so much firepower that Phoenix might not be able to match up. And I know Phoenix is playing so well. They have so many of like the ancillary pieces not named Chris Paul or Devin Booker that are playing so well. But it might just be too much for them if they come up against Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, there's obviously at the moment we've been so entrenched in the NFL that it's hard to really dive into any of these teams at the moment. So going forward, obviously, like we've said, we're going to be much more in on the NBA. So we'll have better in-depth analysis from us um, on the NBA. But at least from what we can tell at the moment, I like I hadn't even realized Cleveland was number three. I know you said that. I didn't yeah. realize. I knew that they were playing really well. I didn't realize they were third in the East. I knew they were definitely firmly in the playoff conversation, but that surprised me that they were above Philly and Milwaukee. <laughs> um, so lots of NBA talk going forward. For the show with the NFL now being over, we're going to turn our attention to the NBA and pretty much be, I mean, we're pretty much during the football season, we're a football show, but once it's over, we sort of hybrid and turn into a basketball show. So going forward, we'll have a lot of basketball talk. Maybe we'll bring, uh, maybe we'll bring on Josh, have him come on and we'll talk some NBA. It's been a while since we've talked to Josh. Mm-hmm. we'll have to get ben on to talk about the kings so we'll bring it we'll bring in our usual nba guys to uh to have fun and and join us on the show so i remember it, it was probably like what the second or third youtube video of the podcast that we put out where we had ben on and there was just so much hope coming in this year after the drafting of david yeah. mitchell tyrese halliburton we thought fox was gonna become an all-star play at least at that level and now to see where the Kings have fallen, it's kind of yeah. nuts. Well, we say the same thing every year, and the same thing happens every single year. So, but I mean, we'll see. Maybe they get into the play-in tournament again this year with uh, <laughs> with Sabonis. I mean, they're only two games out of the play-in tournament at the moment, so you never know. Dude, the West is a mess. I mean. Yeah. The Lakers can't figure it out. Clippers have so many injuries. Portland is somehow the 10th seed with all the things that have been going on with that franchise. I mean, they're kind of, it's almost like they're sellers though with the CJ McCollum trade and they didn't get really equal value coming back at least this year. I know they got draft picks, draft capital, but they didn't get players of equal caliber to CJ. And then I don't think Dame's, coming back this year right like i think he's staying out due to injury we'll see we'll and they're see. still the 10th seed at 24 and 34 yeah it's gonna be interesting to see i mean you gotta think he's gonna be gone next year 
So who? Dame. Dame. Yeah. Well, there was rumblings this offseason, and then they just moved his his buddy CJ. They better they better do some big things in the offseason to try to sway him to stay because I think it's only a matter of time. Well, it's gonna be a lot of fun talking about the NBA going forward. I I mean Sam and I that's we both love the NBA and but we're obviously we've been so entrenched with football that we haven't really been able to keep up. So we'll be doing that going forward. And the last thing that we have on the docket today, and I mentioned it earlier in the show, is that we have some Marvel stuff that we have to talk about because contrary to popular belief, we are a sports and entertainment show. <laughs> That's what we at least started as. Um, We're like a sports and Marvel show at this point because all the entertainment we talk about is <laughs> Marvel and what they're coming out with. Right, I know, but it's but DC hasn't done anything in a hot minute, so we're waiting. I'm I'm waiting for that Batman movie to come out. We had a trailers over the Super Bowl weekend of you know Black Adam coming out and Aquaman coming out, The Flash. Um, so those movies, but those have been so far away, they haven't really released anything. And Marvel released some trailers over the weekend, and I think that's generally the more popular. Um, universe <laughs> so uh quick thoughts on the moon knight trailer that looks like it's going to be a lot of like a daredevil-esque type stuff um i don't have a huge connection with moon knight um i didn't read those comic books i don't know much about him i do know that he's kind of like Batman, but with powers, it might be a little bit more brutal than Batman. So that's that's kind of that's kind of the feel that I've got from him and what I've been able to read. But Oscar Isaac looks like he's going to be great in the show. I'm I'm super happy that they were able to to land him. Yeah, it's, I'm sure it's like anything that Marvel's put out. Where I mean, we're talking the Guardians of the Galaxy was like one of the biggest movies that they put out, and I knew nothing about those characters. I really don't know anything about Moon Knight. Um, prior to this trailer pretty much and i still don't know a lot about them i mean i don't know a lot about um what's the jared leto one mobius i have morbius yeah don't know anything about that character um sure it's probably going to be pretty good but i mean they're just pumping out like they are green lighting every single project that probably goes through the door every pitch meeting is like yeah we could do that yeah we we could do that Let's yeah. let's tease it in Avengers five real quick yeah. for everyone. Yeah, and then so they had that trailer come out, and then they had the big one, which was the Doctor Strange trailer, and that movie just looks like it's going to be absolute chaos. There's so much stuff that was teased. If you look online and you see what what what's in the poster, um, you have uh, Captain Britain's shield, so you have Peggy. Uh, mm-hmm. Carter, you have that being teased. There are people who have looked at every frame of the movie poster and think they can see Daredevil. I mean, not Daredevil. I'm sorry, Deadpool. Um, mm-hmm. in one of the broken glass. Um, the voiceover in the trailer. One of them is almost clear as day. Sounds like Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like they're going to be doing the Illuminati of, uh, which is a, a group in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Professor X is in that group. But also, who's in that group is Tony Stark. And there have been gigantic rumors 
about whether or not Tom Cruise is playing an alternate dimension version of Tony Stark. And if you watch the trailer, that person, whoever that person is who's flying and like fighting Wanda, I think, um, if you zoom in really closely, there's a hint that there's a goatee there. But people, if you, I've seen people go, if you zoom in on the face, it looks like there's a goatee. But if you look at from the back, I've heard people say, dude, he's got way too wide of hips for that to be a dude. Uh, so some of some people think it's a Monica Rambeau um, from mm-hmm. Wanda. So I don't know who it is. Um, there's another freeze frame where if you look in the back when they're, when uh, Doctor Strange is being walked in by those like Ultron looking robots, it looks like there's a patch on somebody's suit, which looks like it's a Fantastic Four patch. Uh, so it could be Reed Richards, which I think is a part of the Illuminati group. So there was a zombie Doctor Strange, there was an octopus throwing a bus. They're, they like <laughs> Sam Robin just said, kitchen sink with this. <laughs> We're going to throw everything in here. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and I really hope. I mean, when you mentioned the, I didn't know the uh, the Brit, the Captain, was it Captain Britain? I think yeah. I really hope they don't just rehash some of the what if stories, but because I we're I think we're pretty sure that the evil Doctor Strange is or like what's he? He's the like Supreme Doctor or something like that. Yeah. I, don't know. I really hope they don't just rehash that story a little bit to have yeah. him in or. Um, and I think I think you called it too. At least they're portraying it to where Wanda almost seems like she's a major villain in this. Potentially, movie. yeah. Which would you be okay with? I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, I don't think they've they've set it up. Like I think that's a huge jump from where we left her in WandaVision to where we are, where we would be if she was like now a main antagonist. Yeah. But it makes sense because they've set up her power as that, but it just doesn't seem like from where we had her and her intentions to now she's actively looking to be bad, pretty much. I wonder if they're going to do, like, because they have so many different versions of Strange, I wonder if it's going to be a version of Wanda that's evil, you know, who, like, comes through the dimensional rift or whatever, and there's an evil Wanda roaming around um that might be it so i mean there's so much stuff in that trailer in the poster it looks like it's going to be an absolutely insane movie and i think the runtime is i would be shocked if the runtime is anything less than two and a half hours um especially with the batman movie being an almost three hour movie as well um dude if they cast tom cruise as tony stark i think that would just be i don't think he would do it because that's a hard that's hard to live up to robert downey jr's performance and if you're a guy like tom cruise what do you have to do to but here's the thing he's also not playing that version of tony stark you know it's a totally different version of tony so he's not in essence he's not being robert so and actually he was originally i think supposed to be cast as iron man way yeah that was that's the whole i mean i think that's the whole point why they would bring him in to do that um because yeah isn't he i think i think i think they wanted him 
and then he just yeah. said no to it because the MCU was so um, looked down upon. I think at that point. Yeah. So I mean, I I love Tom, so I think it'd be interesting to see what he would do with the character because he's not actually playing that version of Tony. So, and then one of the last things that was, I mean, another big trailer that was put in there, the Jurassic Park trailer was Mm -hmm. uh, put in there. That looks like it's going to be cool. The second movie, I didn't like the second Jurassic Park all that much of the newer Mm -hmm. one. The first one was cool, but the second one was just okay. Um, And then the the other biggest one that I was really excited about was the Lord of the Rings trailer. I mean, I... I love the Lord of the Rings and I love the Hobbit. So having a TV series like that, I think that has the potential to be really cool. I think Amazon spent like half a billion dollars on uh, on the production of this show, and it it it, it does show. I mean, it looked really really good. So I'm really excited about that. I what I am wondering, and I know that you don't necessarily have a huge connection to this show or to the game but i'm really interested in when we're gonna get a last of us trailer for the show i was kind of hoping that they were gonna put something out during the super bowl or some sort of teaser because that is obviously another big show that's coming out but who's making it i think it's hbo um let me um let me check Man, they have so many big projects going on if that's the case if it's them yeah it is an hbo it's an hbo max show Um, speaking of hbo max um brie and i we just watched a movie the other night with ali a movie that she had never seen we watched the shining oh that's fun she had never seen the shining before um so I've, I've not seen The Shining. The Shining is one of those movies where um, it's such a slow build, and there's zero jump scares in the entire movie. There's absolutely zero. It's just the music that makes everything so tense. And I looked it up afterward, and I was like, if this movie didn't get nominated for sound editing, that's criminal. And actually, The Shining got zero Oscar nods for that being such a popular movie and such a popular performance. To have zero nominations, I was surprised. But I had only seen that movie once, so revisiting it, um, I actually liked it better the second time than watching it the first time. I still think Doctor Sleep is better. That's a controversial take, but I enjoyed Doctor Sleep more than uh, than The Shining. Are those two? Are they in the same like universe? Yeah, Doctor Sleep is a, a sequel. Does Jenna like scary movies? Um, I don't think so. I mean, you've been together almost five years. I would have thought you'd know the answer. Well, to my I don't. We don't watch any, so I don't think so. But I, I can't. I don't. I think she's better with them than I am. I want to say. Hmm. No, but then I don't think so because she can't watch like super gory movies. Well, that movie's not. That movie has no jump scares and is not gory. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you have that infamous like hall of like blood kind of scene, 
but it's not it's just tense throughout the entire movie um there's a movie on hbo max that i want to watch uh called antlers i wanted to watch that movie when it came out in theaters Uh, yeah it's a monster movie um i just started it this morning actually have you uh have you been up to date on peacekeeper no no i still haven't even gotten through the witcher (laughs) um i uh the show that i've been watching a lot because i had to get through seinfeld which i was very happy that i did um and i told myself i was going to watch the big bang theory from beginning to end because i had never watched the big bang theory from beginning to end and i love it i have absolutely loved the big bang theory you don't like the big bang theory uh i i mean it's not awful but i don't think like i would want to set out to watch the whole thing i'd much rather watch peacekeeper than the big bang theory right now well i mean i understand that i i think because i have i've seen i mean i've seen the office i've seen parks and rec i've seen friends i wanted to watch seinfeld and i wanted to watch the big bang theory because i wanted to at the end be able to go okay which ones did i like the most and as i'm watching the big bang theory i'm sitting there and i was like feel like i can relate to a lot of these characters more than anybody else because like i get the whole you know being interested in kind of like nerdy stuff (laughs) um and like Mm -hmm. i i get all that um and it's i i i I feel like there are aspects of that show that i really do relate to um but if you go if you go down that hole then you have to watch like all the sitcoms like I, yeah, Modern I've never Family. Seen, I've never seen How I Met Your Mother. I have no interest in watching Modern Family, truthfully. But um, Modern Family is Modern Family is better than Big Bang Theory. I think it's better I, than Parks and Rec. The Parks and Rec is fantastic. Dude, I think the Big Bang uh, Modern Family is elite sitcom. I thought yours was How I Met Your Mother. I thought that was No, it is, it is. It is for sure. But I think not giving Modern Family it's due is just criminal i, I think, think um 30 rock is up there too as a Shit's creek have you seen Shit's creek i need to but it, that's getting that's gotten like phenomenal reviews Shit's creek i have seen Shit's creek that was good um i i enjoyed that i wanted to um i want to find brooklyn 99 <laughs> mm-hmm. that's so um, sweet uh, really good. I think I only watched like a little bit, like when it was on TV. Yeah. Um, because yeah, didn't it get canceled and then they brought it onto like a streaming service? I think so. Yeah. But I wanted to get through like the cult sitcoms. Um, I guess Modern Family would be in that category. But, um, yeah. With how many Emmy nominations that thing gets? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, maybe uh, maybe we do it like a tier list of all the sitcoms. Of all the sitcoms, <laughs> well, we have to see all of them, though. That's the thing. And it's tough. Um, do you like? Do you include like Cheers and Frasier and like um, all like the old older ones? Hmm. Or, like, know. do we cut it off at like Friends? Well, you you couldn't cut it off at Friends because then you'd have to eliminate Seinfeld. And Seinfeld, sure. like, I don't want to say, like, started it because it didn't, but Seinfeld was, like, at its peak was insane. Um, so, 
No, I think I, I mean with the NBA with football being gone and baseball being maybe never coming back again. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll have to incorporate some more entertainment stuff. So we'll have to get creative with some movies and, and TV stuff. Um, I'm on a movie kick right now. I mean, I love movies and I would watch movies every day, but I'm on a bit of a movie kick right now. So I'm going to start watching a bunch of stuff. So Mike, have you seen the power of the dog? Mm-hmm. My dad, did you, did you like it? No, I didn't okay, like it. So my dad said the same thing. It's get it's gotten, tw- I think 12 Oscar nominations. Mm-hmm. My dad texted me and said the power of the dog was dumb. Don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, it was hard to, it was hard to like finish. Like it was just really? so slow. Really? But that's like a perfect Oscar movie, if you think about it. Like it's got that it's drama, it's like huge drama and like big time performances and stuff like that. Yeah, like I, st- I still want to watch huge it. Scenes. I know, uh, you guys both hate it, but I I, I watched still, it because I want to get because of the reviews. Like it was like, oh, yeah. Cumberbatch is getting huge reviews for and this movie's like um nominated for uh the academy award and everything and i was like oh well it's on netflix like i'll i'll watch it and i just did not get into it yeah. no, I, I watched um i finally watched silver lining's playbook Did you so, like it yeah i thought it was actually really good i know brie likes that movie because that was movie. um that was nominated it's year mm-hmm they uh they finally put Warrior on Netflix. My mm-hmm. one of my, if not my all time favorite movie. Um, have you seen that movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love every aspect of that movie. Um, I'd say like if I were rank if I like Warrior, The Martian, like The Dark Knight, and Gladiator. I think I would be on the short list for like my favorite movies. Those four. What a weird list. It's a very like all different genres. All different genres. <laughs> yes. Um, I just watched. Uh, just watched Encanto yesterday. There's a. I'm so behind on Disney movies. <laughs> it was pretty good, man. Yeah. Did Disney and because that's a that's a Disney. I don't think it's a Pixar. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But both those like studios have it down to a science, man. They know exactly yeah. how to tug. I uh, like. I haven't even got. Bree and I have been trying to have been talking about watching the Disney movies, like the newer ones together. But like, I haven't seen Soul. Um, that's a I, that's an awesome movie. Yeah, I didn't get around to Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh, so I saw that on a plane. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. So I mean, it's not going to be. I already know, like. How to Train Your Dragon, those three movies, like just another animated dragon movie. And like, well, if you're not as good as How to Train Your Dragon, then why are you even bringing in a dragon? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's completely different. I know. I'm, I'm just... For sure. I um, put How to Train Your Dragon as one of the best like animated trilogies. Yeah, I mean, I put like, obviously Toy Story. Yes, I would say that's there. the best. Um, I think Shrek even goes up there. It's in the conversation. Because I think think one and two, I I can't even remember Shrek three. It's, it's, I mean, I, I think it's the one, um, it's funny because I put Shrek as one of my like all time favorite animated movies, but 
yes, two is pretty good. Three was okay. Four shouldn't have even been made. Wait, three is when they're having kids, right? That was yeah. the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. I heard they were making a fifth one too. Okay. I don't know how far along in production. Um, did you see? Um, did you see the commercial with the Austin Powers cast? Yes, that was my favorite commercial. They can they can do another movie. Yeah, that was everyone, my, that was my favorite commercial. Everyone that I was watching with was like, "Wow, they all look great." Yep, like they all looked like they haven't aged that much. And it's funny you said that because we watched Austin Powers the first one last night. <laughs> I freaking love that movie. I don't know how you do those movies like in today's day and age, but yeah, I'd probably. I'd probably shut up 10 bucks to go see it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the opening, just the opening scene with Will Ferrell getting burned and then still being alive. <laughs> like I, I piss myself every time I watch that scene. It's so good. It's so good. So, all right, well, we rambled on enough about movies and stuff. We'll have to be more, uh, we'll find a, a more straight line to talk about next time uh, but uh thank you all so much for sticking around for episode 121 we really do appreciate it nfl is over nba is in full swing so we're going to transition into basketball and probably some more entertainment talk to carry us through until whenever we get more sports to talk about so well, until at least the, the playoffs and stuff for NBA. Until at least the playoffs, yeah. And then and we, if there are any baseball news, I mean, if there is any baseball or NFL news, we'll update you as well. And I don't know if you've been watching any of the uh, Winter Olympics, but I haven't been able to watch. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been able um, to, yeah. If we want to just touch on that, I don't know. That's our American duty. That's true. That's true. All right, well. Have a great week, everybody, and we will see you all for episode 122.